0: hello matt hey what's going on man how are you i'm doing pretty good i'm doing pretty good can you hear me loud and clear
1: yeah you are perfectly loud and audible man um so uh it's been a while we haven't talked in 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 quite some time but before we go into it i uh, just want to let everyone know this is Chris Anders. Um, we are on United Talk with Virginia United, and we're on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. Uh, Chris, if you want to, because I know last time that we had you a know, conversation, I know you kind of introduced yourself, um, but since the audience is going to be a little bit broader this time, if you wouldn't mind just kind of going back into a little bit of the logistics about who you are and what you're doing, and uh, and we'll go from there.
0: Sure. Um cool. Uh, like, like you said, Matt, my name's uh, Chris Anders. I'm the director of the Virginia Constitutional Conservatives. We're the uh, fastest growing, uh, no compromise grassroots group in Virginia. Uh, we have several uh, subgroups under under us, like the Virginia Gun Rights Task Force. Um, we work with Virginia for Educational Freedom, uh, which is pushing school choice, of course, which is mm-hmm. you know, the only answer for the problems. You can't fix government schools. We need to allow parents to decide where their children and their tax money goes. Um, We also just launched uh, Virginia for Medical Freedom, which will be fighting back against mass mandates and uh, uh, the jab mandates, I dare not call it a vaccine. Um, I've I've worked on presidential campaigns, congressional campaigns, U.S. Senate campaigns. I've worked with Campaign for Liberty for many years, National Association for Gun Rights, uh, National Right to Work. uh, you name it. Um, I think if there is a good conspiracy out there, I've been part of it. I helped pass constitutional carry in a handful of states, uh, worked to stop uh, Northam's gun ban and uh, Marcus Simon, Delegate Marcus Simon's homemade gun ban in Virginia. Uh, we stopped them from banning hunting and shooting on private property in Loudoun County. Uh, we've been doing a lot of work uh, throughout, yeah. throughout the Commonwealth. So, uh, that's pretty yeah, what to
1: do. Started here too, so that's that's the neat thing because you you started originally with, what West Virginia, right?
0: Right. Well, originally I'm from Maryland, and I've always stayed within about half an hour of 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 Harper's Ferry. But I am in mm-hmm. Virginia, and you know I'm also an instructor for the Foundation for Applied Conservative Leadership, where we teach political leadership for grassroots um, groups, and they fly me around the country to do that as well as our uh, campaign management schools. So um i've done quite a few things uh and you might want to say i've been involved long enough to be slightly jaded
1: how's that (laughs) (laughs) which i mean i i I would say that uh it's not necessarily a bad thing in today's uh times and societies when it comes to to having a, a different outlook or perspective on our government uh as a whole um i think uh from my experience, you're you're kind of a, a straight shooter, but uh, you also, you know, you, you don't have that filter where you're just going to sit there and and take things, which is good. I think we need more people like you uh, out there advocating for, you know, transparency, um, specifically with our, our elected officials. And that was actually one thing um, you sent out. And, and this is kind of a topic that I, I wanted to go on, I, I guess, delve into a little bit. But um, I I get your emails, and I'm sure many of the other members within the the Virginia United group get your emails as well. But I saw that email um, specifically uh, referring to uh, newly appointed delegate uh, Tim Anderson. And I was kind of curious as to what was that about because I actually was not following, um, you know, what what was going on. Uh, And I was really curious because I thought, you know, Tim was pretty – pretty much an advocate a second amendment advocate um but again i don't understand all of the the stipulations here um i just you know kind of just breezed over the the email and and saw some of the 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 main talking points there and i was like oh that's interesting
0: well um let me try to give you a little bit of background on that um uh it's a matter first of all the big picture it's a matter of not letting people run on issues and campaign one way and then legislate another once elected. That's the big picture. Uh, We Mm -hmm. all get tired of people saying they're going to do whatever it is they're going to do once elected, and then once they get elected, they don't do any of it. We've had that uh, far too often for far too long, and people just don't hold their feet to the fire. Uh, The Mm -hmm. situation uh, with with the good delegate uh, Anderson uh, is simply this. He had filled out our uh, candidate survey every year or every election year, we send out a candidate survey. And we don't ask questions like, do you support the Second Amendment? We ask questions, will you support legislation uh, to repeal, in this case, red flag gun confiscation? And they have three choices. They can say yes, no, or yes, and we'll sponsor the legislation. Now, this case, uh, Delegate Anderson on that question, which I believe was the third question on the survey, he said he would sponsor the bill. We don't just support normal, everyday quote unquote Republicans. We are looking for fighters for freedom and liberty who will take on anyone who tries to uh, uh, take away the God-given constitutionally protected rights of uh, Virginia citizens. Um, And when he said that he would sponsor the legislation, which we knew was going to be our number one legislative target coming up in 2022, our leadership team, we decided to uh, get involved in the race down there in the 83rd district. Because Nancy Guy, not only had she voted anti-gun across the board, she'd also voted for House Bill 257, uh, which allowed school principals to hide sexual assault in school, uh, which has led to some of the debacles in Loudoun County, where you find uh, you know, they've been hiding it from the police. And uh, this particular perpetrator finally was called after assaulting three different times. But anyhow, we got in, that's kind of off topic. But we got involved in the race, uh, and we spent donor dollars. We are straight up with our donors. We will not support someone who is just okay. Um, if if they donate to us, we they expect us to only get behind those who are actually going to do what they say they are going to do, and those that will fight. Whether it's fighting in this case uh, is going to be a little bit of fighting with Republican leadership, uh, most definitely in the Senate, uh, state Senate, and um, you know that they will fight whoever it takes because principle and policy matters more than party. And personality, so we went down to the Capitol. Delegate Marie March uh, from the Seventh uh, 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 State of uh, State House District, uh, and put in the legislation we had written. Um, we have a team of uh, uh, lawyers who write our legislation, put all the state code in, so it's all correct, it's all there. Um, that's a lot of fun if you've never done it. But we went down <laughs> to the Capitol to meet with Marie and to uh, go door to door to get her co-sponsors. Now. A bill has more uh, gravitas the more uh, people sign on to sponsor it. And we had a list of people we were going to go talk to, people that should sponsor it. And, you know, it ran a conservative campaign, tended to vote in the conservative program manner. So we went down and started door knocking. Um, at the very beginning, um, uh, Delgant Anderson uh, wouldn't even take the time to talk to us. Uh, Even though we'd worked in the 83rd district, uh, his legislative assistant, quote, chief of staff said that, no, he doesn't have time to talk to you, even though we could see clear in his office, he's sitting there. In his office, right? Uh, so I, we went, we went around, and we, we started collecting. Uh, all you have to do is to co-sponsor a bill, is uh, sign on a sheet of paper, or click click to do so on uh, on their system, uh, the LIS system. So we went around and we were collecting signatures. I happened to see Tim in the hall, so you know, taking the advantage, I walked right up. Uh, he knew who I was, and I asked him, to, you know, go ahead. He he said he would co-sponsor during the campaign. So here's the paper. All I have to do is sign it. He told me he wouldn't do it. He said, I'll support it, but I'm not going to sponsor it. And Hmm. we stormed away. And so we went to lunch. I was talking to Wally Bunye, who's our candidate coordinator. He says, hold on. He filled out our survey that said he would do so. He goes, I'm going to go talk to him. So uh, Wally went back into his office, even showed him the survey that we had that he had signed saying he would do so. Um, and, uh, he refused to do so even then with so much use, it would take too much time. But again, all you have to do is sign, add your name to the list of sponsors or in Virginia, they call it patrons and you're done. It just gives the bill more gravitas. Right. Uh, so realizing that we went back and started searching and we realized, we remembered that we were stunned that he said he would sponsor the bill because when he was running for office, there was a video where he said he supports red flag, gun confiscation, if it's only temporary. Now, I'm sorry. When you look at the Constitution, it's there in black and white. It's written very clear. Uh, And unlike activist judges who legislate from the bench or big city lawyers want to tell you, um, the founders wrote it very clear. We could understand that you have your right to face your accuser in court before your liberty or property is taken. It says so in the Fifth and Sixth Amendments. It also says so in the Fourteenth Amendment. Um, and so we were stunned that he said he would do so temporarily. So we, we, you know, that there's nothing in there that says, okay, well, your rights can be taken from you, uh, for a short period of time. You just have to fight to get them back. No, these rights come from our creator. They're not granted by government. Government can only protect pre-existing rights. And so it doesn't say in there that, uh, okay, well, we're going to let it happen temporarily because in Delegate Anderson's words, someone acts squarely. I'm sorry, I I know a lot of squirrely people. Um, I don't think that means they should lose their firearms or their right to bear arms or their property or their money or anything just because they're acting, quote-unquote, squirrely. They have the right to face their accuser before this happens. And, of course, I I emailed this out. We started putting pressure on on the delegate to do as he said he would. Um, And some people started treating us as if we were the bad people because he is so pro-gun. I'm like, mm. didn't you watch the video we just put out where he said he's he supports this? It's almost like the Stockholm syndrome where people, just because he's elected now and he has the gold lapel badge, everybody's willing to roll over. But what they don't understand is that we don't work for these elected officials. They work yeah. for us. They are our servants. They do the will and they should, you know, they should follow their oath of office to the constitution and the, you know, and they should also honor their campaign promises. Well, we'd have never so, gotten involved in that race.
1: So did he ever uh, give a response um, in in kind of a rebuttal to that email at all that you're aware of?
0: He responded that his staff was too busy uh, to watch another bill. And mm. my question is, first of all, again, to co-patron or co-sponsor of the bill, he just has to sign it. And we're not asking him and his staff to actively work it. You just have to sign it. Um, you know, if you, I bet he's going around getting co sponsors for his legislation. Um, when he says, Well, co- you know, co sponsoring doesn't matter, yes, yes, it does, it gives it more gravitas, but right. uh, you know, uh, so and then he said, Didn't have the time, and then he started sending out responses saying that red flag repeal is now dead, in his opinion, that it's not going to pass. Um, and I'm stunned by this because. If we have a Republican majority, and they're supposedly conservative, and they support not only the Second Amendment, but you know nearly half of the Bill of Rights, because Red Flag, you know, violates the Second, Fourth, Fifth, Sixth, and then of course the Fourteenth, uh, you know, outside the Bill of Rights, um, you would think they would do the right thing, right. Um, and, and and pass it. I know we'd have a fight in the Senate. Uh, because in the Senate, the last time when it passed, we fought it down to a tie uh, where we actually moved Democrat senators to vote against passing red flag. Now with uh, the new lieutenant governor, uh, Winsome Sears, who said she would uh, repeal red flag, if we can fight it down to a tie in the Senate, we win, it's repealed, and Virginia will be the first to ever get rid of these gun-grabbing schemes. Um, But, you know, it's almost as if I sometimes wonder: is is, is is the delegate mad? Maybe because he's not getting all the credit on the bill. I don't know. I, I don't know how the ego works uh, for politicians. I've known quite a few; uh, they tend they do tend to have very large egos. And we're just trying to get him to do what he said he would do. And he just seemed he was very angry, very 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 short. Um, you know, you would think that you know a delegate who won a toss up district. Uh, where you had grassroots groups actively working against their opponent, you would at least spend some time talking to them. Right. Yeah. But um, he didn't, he didn't even want to talk to us. Uh, So, I don't know what the situation is. All I know is at this point, I'm wondering if you will actually vote for you know the repeal, uh, which is House Bill 509, if people want to look it up. Uh, but at this point, uh, we're pushing really hard because now I'm hearing there's all types of legislative games being played, like do we need to bundle all the good gun bills into one big omnibus bill, which would be horrible. That would kill them all. We'd have yeah. no hope of passing any of them. Uh, so we're working now uh, because to keep that from happening because mostly gun bills are referred to the committee for public safety and there's a subcommittee called guns underneath of that. But instead, for some reason, they all ended up in the rules committee, um, which is chaired by uh, the speaker of the house, Todd Gilbert. Now we're trying to figure out why did they go there? Why didn't they go the normal path, which is public safety and their subcommittee on guns. So um, there's some type of legislative games being played. All we want is a clear up and down vote on the floor of the house, repeal, uh, you know, pass House Bill 509 as written, not amended, gutted or, you know, bundled together and get it over to Senate so we can start going after the real anti-gun people, yeah. uh, you know, the socialists and the other party. So that's pretty much where we're at right now.
1: Hmm. So I did a little bit of digging um, and I, I reached out to some individuals and apparently he sent out a I don't know if it was an email or Direct message to specific individuals, but this is what was sent to me, and I'll 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 read it verbatim to you, and, and maybe get your thoughts on it to see what you know what's what's actually going on with that. But what I got um, forwarded to me was looks like a just a, an individual message ri- written from uh, Tim Anderson, but it says thank you for reaching out. I met with the group on Wednesday that is spreading this mis- misinformation, which I'm assuming is referring to to Virginia constitutional conservatives i'm not sure though um because i haven't actually asked him this personally but it says uh, so please let me set the record straight uh then it says i advised them i supported delegate march's bill and if it makes it through committee which i am not a part of um that i would support the bill on the floor i have 24 bills one of the highest in the house that i am in the let's see that i am the primary patron on I explained I had enough on my plate, and since the bill was properly being carried by Delegate March, that I did not want to add additional bill monitoring obligations to my staff. Uh, That was not enough for this group. They demanded I co-patron this bill, and when I declined, they sent a hit piece on me. It's unfortunate, but some groups uh, lose the forest from the trees and are happy to disparage Republican delegates that would support this bill, which is 100% doomed to fail in the Senate unless they get votes. Instead of bullying and name-calling Republican delegates, this group should be actively lobbying Senate Democrats. Otherwise, this is nothing more than an exercise in futility, as this bill will face a certain demise in the Democratic-controlled Senate. Uh, Then it says, thank you for reaching out. I hope this answers your question. Timothy Anderson, 83rd District. So that's the response that I I had forwarded to me from an individual that uh, apparently contacted Tim directly about this. Um, did you did you grasp any of that? A lot of it yeah, is I, kind I of. But I, I mean, he's basically saying what, what I was,
0: you know, I, I've seen that this is a copy and paste reply sending everybody. Right. Right. Um, I've seen it several times. Uh, first of all, he's probably didn't really pay attention to the legislative session in 2020. Uh, When we did move Senate Democrats, if he thinks he's dead in the Senate, uh, he wasn't paying close attention to the fight we had when we're trying to stop his passage because it came down to a tie vote with then Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax casting the tie breaking vote. Right. Um, Also, you don't have to monitor. I know he's a freshman, but asking your staff to do. What I do every morning, it takes me five minutes to look up every single bill and see where they're at. Um, mm-hmm. it, I don't know what they're doing if they can't just, we're not asking them to do so, but if you did want to monitor it, I mean, the Virginia I, LIS, Bills and Resolution, you type in the bill number, it's even pre-populated for you if you want to, um, and you, have, you can have legislative tracking services uh, set up too, um, which we do. And you can real quick and see what's going on. It's 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 not hard. It's 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 easy. And you know, uh, to me, there's a lot to read between the lines. Is that he didn't want to get on it because you know a Delegate March is already a champion. Um, but yeah, but we have 13 other people on the bill, right? Mm, uh, 13 yeah. other uh, uh, pro-constitutional uh, delegates. I I don't grasp. And you know, I hear this a lot. Um. Why are you beating up on Republicans? Why? Why won't you just go after the Democrats? I hear this a lot. Well, I'll tell <laughs> you why. I'm gonna tell you exactly why. Number one, discipline begins at home. Secondly, secondly, we've had constitutional carry killed three years in a row in Virginia by Republicans. Um, Tommy Norman, who's the uh, Republican leader in the Senate, put uh, in a
1: bill. Fair- Yeah, Yeah, he's he's in
0: my my district. Yeah, he put in a bill to ban guns in public buildings with the Democrats then seized upon. Right. Um, You had Republicans putting in red flag gun confiscation bills in twenty nineteen. If if. You know, we need to get the blinders off people and stop looking at personality, stop looking at party, and start looking at principle and how these people actually act, what they actually do. Just because they have an R beside their name doesn't mean they're pro gun. It just means they realize to win in their district, they have to run as a
1: Republican. Um, Well, I think this also has to come down to, you know, accountability, and you know, your your words should carry weight that's just, it's as simple as that. And, right. you know, if you say you're going to support something, then, then support it, regardless of, of if there are bullying tactics or whatever it may be that it, it seems to, I mean, obviously that seems to happen all the time. Um, but you know, sure you potentially might get, you know, ostracized to some extent or be put in a specific faction. But the, the thing is, is, it, you know, we, we all need to understand that our, our elected officials n- they need to stand by their words. Period. At the end of the day, um, right. and and that's unfortunately, not happening. Not now. I'm not saying that specifically. That's on Tim. I'm just saying as a as a you know consensus across the board. That's just not happening. Um, right. And so, what do we do in order to 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 try to put the pressure on in order to make these people, you know, be accountable?
0: Well, I mean, essentially, I mean doing what we've been doing. He considers it bully tactics when we send out an email to our people who donated to us um, Mm -hmm. saying he's not doing what he said he was going to do. Tell him to do what he said he was going to do. If that's considering bullying tactics, that's, that's, that's a little bit, that's the process. That's the political process in America. Okay. That's the way it works. Uh, uh, um, My friend down at the leadership Institute, Morton Blackwell said the political success or failure is determined by the effectiveness and number of activists on either side. It's whichever side creates the most pressure. That's how our system of government is set up, is outside forces create the political pressure to break the inertia so that we actually get good things done or bad things stopped? And we sent out an email. We called uh, most of the gun owners in his district to say, you might want to give him a call on this. He's not doing what he said he was going to do. Uh, which, when you couple that with the video showing him supporting so-called temporary uh, red flag gun confiscation mm-hmm. orders, uh, it terrifies you. It's like, how's how's he really going to vote? It when it hits the floor because he didn't. He might say he's going to vote for it, but he said a lot of other things too. How can you yeah. take that as word? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's tough. I mean that that's a, a it's a tough sc- scenario because you know, as you said, he 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 is. He's new at this, first and foremost, as far as, you know, but he's not he's not completely ignorant of of how things work. I mean, he's had plenty of experience uh, in law to understand and read between the lines on specific things and whatnot. But at the end of the day, you know, I don't know his schedule. I don't know how busy he he is. It's just it's unfortunate that these things seem to happen, um, you know, especially when somebody's that new uh, within, you know, their their elected position like that um but you know i do think that we need more people like you to hold others accountable and to and to kind of give you know individuals wake up calls too because i I personally feel that a lot of these individuals go in and they have a specific mindset as to how things are going to be and then when they get in they're completely just the opposite of what they thought they were going to be and they fall in line real quick um, from what I've seen now, I've seen people that haven't, and delegate, uh, John McGuire seems to kind of go, go against the grain a lot. Um, but you know, I think for the, for, for the average person, for, for individuals, um, to, to reach out to these, you know, individuals and hold them accountable, I think, you know, it's important to do, um, what would you suggest or what would you think would be one of the, 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 easiest paths to go down in order to do that to do that just call them email them write them a letter what would your recommendations be
0: um, I would say call them, um, call them, or email them. Um, you know, it's really simple. I mean, his number is 804-698-1083. six nine eight ten eighty three. I've got it memorized at this point. Um, <laughs> you know, um, it's 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 just a matter of calling them because if we don't hold them accountable for what they say they're going to do, what's going to happen when when there's a very important vote coming up? I mean, it, it, are we? Are are they the new aristocracy that just because they're elected, they have the gold lapel badge that proclaims they're so intelligent as a delegate, and we ought just to bow to their whims? Or do they work for us? Are 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 they the people's representatives, um, and we we need to hold them accountable because if we don't, just voting doesn't do anything. I'm sorry, it's when you people think I showed up and I voted. That's good enough for the next two years or, or in Virginia's every year you vote for something because they like voting yeah. so much. But you can't just vote and then go away, OK, mm-hmm. because most people don't pay attention to what's actually going on in Richmond or what's really going on in D.C. actually. Um, and, and these politicians can come back and then campaign one way, you know, lie to the voters and then turn around, get reelected. And run back in the office and do the same thing again. We need to watchdog them. We need to be on top of them because if not, um, we'll never restore Virginia. We'll never restore the Constitution. We'll never take back our God-given rights. It's not just voting. Uh, you know, Sometimes it's kind of like the Russian Revolution where you replace one pile of, of, of bad people with another pile of bad people unless you stay on them, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. You you have to be involved. That's you know we've created a system by government of government by which you can strike a blow for freedom by using the political system. And in many parts of the world today, you know, uh, politics is administered at the edge of a machete or a barrel of a gun. We don't want that. We don't want the United States to become that way. We have a political system that's brilliant by the founder, but in, it requires an active and engaged uh, populace to hold their feet to the fire, to do what they say they're going to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I agree with you hundred percent. I think that's, you know, something that we, we all need to remember Um, going into and and kind of drawing away from, or or steering away from, from, you know, the Tim Anderson scenario as Mm -hmm. a whole on the flip side, what are your thoughts on how, um virginia flipped this this past you know gubernatorial election and do you have any any insight on how to keep you know keep virginia going in the right direction
0: okay um we worked our our group worked for 18 months on the 2021 election we went into those key districts where we were trying to flip seats we held our one-day political leadership class. We recruited grassroots leaders. We started subgroups in those districts um, to to make the people care, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to get people angry and irate at what's happening to them, what the state is doing to them, what the radicals and Richmond were going to them, and to make them show up at the polls. The big danger we face today is now that Republicans, quote unquote, have control of the House and the executive, uh, you know, the governor's mansion, um, people are going to sleep. They think just because Team R took control, everything's great. We're in the same, under the same laws and the same Uh, tyranny we were the day before the november 2nd election okay Mm -hmm. Uh, if we don't keep the pressure up and force these newly elected politicians to do what they say they're going to do they will do well as little as possible because when they do things they make irate voters they don't like irate voters so they try to do as little as possible Uh, but what will happen if they don't do what they say what they said they're going to do then people will stop caring. And when people stop caring that on our side, that gives the other side the advantage and come the 2023 election, well, the Democrats will come back and take control of everything again. Right. Um, mm-hmm. We have to keep the pressure up. You have to, you know, people, there are two types of people in, in the Commonwealth and across the Republic is those who care and those who don't care. And it's real easy to change. Caring people into not caring if they can't tell the difference between what the Republican Party does and what the Democrat Party does. They just won't yeah. care, right? Um, yeah. You can also, you know, it's, you know, with with good ground game and 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 good voter outreach, you can change people who don't care into cares. Engage them and get them out to the polls, which is what we saw in 2021. I mean, we were. I mean, I can't tell you how much work we put in. We have an all-volunteer team, and we were everywhere in the Commonwealth. We sent out millions of phone calls. We reached an average of about half a million a month, if not more, on social media. We were busy stirring up the people's revolution because what happened in 2021 was not a Republican party revolution and it wasn't the Yunkin revolution. It was a revolution of the people who were tired of having their God given rights stripped away by these radicals. Right. Mm -hmm. So they stood up and said no more, but they have to continue the fight and say, okay, uh, you, you knew guys and gals that got elected. Now you have to fix this problem. We're not just going to sit back and let you, you know, continue the same policies. Um, and some people's like, well, you know, because Republicans are in control, we're not going to lose any more liberty. I would bet against that. But at the same time, I'm not worried about <laughs> losing more. I want to take it back, right? I want our rights back. And the way we get them back is by continuing to pressure uh, the newly elected uh, delegates and, of course, the governor. I mean, we've seen him waver back and forth on the mass mandate. Uh, I like to refer to them as, as the face diaper. Um, <laughs> and And – you know, uh, vaccination, uh, I did I call it a vaccination? It's more of a uh, a jab or I call it government force penetration. Um, You know, it's, 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 you know, they're wavering back and forth already because the left has been really good at pressuring elected officials. They've done this for decades. And even Republicans, elected officials tend to be more afraid of the far left than they are of the right. They need to be, Whoever they're afraid of the most is who they will listen to. So we need to be feared. We need to let them know if they don't do the right things, we're not going to support them the next time around because good people are not required to support the lesser of two evils. It's that simple because, you know, a lot of people say, well, you just have to vote. You know, no, you don't. There's no, you know, a lot of times the lesser evil turns out to be the greater evil in the long game. Yeah. um so <clears throat> just like we talk about we were still my tommy norman he's putting in all these you know putting his anti-gun bills and he's been there for ages and when we started holding him accountable for it i mean i've never seen somebody act so irate uh over that but you know it you just have to you know these people who have been in office for a long time are used to being pushed by the left but not by the right but it's time that they learn that we on the right are not going to sit around and let Liberty quietly disappear in the dark. We are going to fight.
1: So do you think uh, Glenn Youngkin specifically is, is on a, a good path? I mean, his first day in office, he signed what 11 executive orders. And and I know uh, a couple of them had to do with CRT and, and also um, uh, masks optional for, for children in schools. And uh, I think also for what the uh, vaccine mandate for state employees, Um, You know, with with some of these executive orders that that, you know, were in effect, um, you know, on day one, do you do you feel like he's heading in a good direction?
0: I don't know. And I will tell you why. It Hmm. is the job of the governor to enforce laws that are passed by the legislature. The legislature is the most powerful branch of government. He can write all these executive orders just like uh, Joe Biden is. But really, executive orders kind of go outside of the Constitution, both of the Commonwealth of Virginia and and the United States of America. Um, mm-hmm. They can write these out. They are feel good. They don't really often do much. What's going to be telling? You know, the, the tail of the tape is: let's say we get red flag gun confiscation repeal on his desk. Does he sign it? Let's say we get school choice passed through the legislature and it rides on his desk. Does he sign it? That is the important part. Does he sign the laws or will he veto or or play games with them? Um, That's when we'll start to know exactly what the governors are going to do or not do. Uh, Mm -hmm. Until such a time, the rest of it is kind of like campaign statements. They're still campaign statements. Uh, I mean, he's flip-flopped back and forth a couple times on the face diapers, um so i don't know um you know where he's actually going to land first he said they couldn't force them now he's saying it's up to school districts um he's and he's responding when he does that he's responding to pressure from the left we have to up the pressure on the right and and, you know, the whole idea of the 11th commandment by Republicans, you know, that you know the whole thing that uh, Ronald Reagan said once he was elected, how you're not supposed to talk bad about other Republicans. Well, that's I find it really ironic because he trashed Gerald Ford so bad in the 1976 nomination process that he weakened him and he lost to Jimmy Carter. Um, it's kind of a self-serving thing by Reagan. Right. And, and Reagan was one of the more liberty minded presidents we've had. um so you know you have to hold your people accountable you have to get in there and force them to do what they say they or said they were going to do and we have to keep the pressure up because if not then it will be like it has been for decades where all conservatives go to the polls they vote and then they sit in the bleacher and leave the entire field of play of politics to the leftist radicals right we've got to be on the field too we've got to get out of the bleachers onto the field and start creating this outside pressure on the legislature and the governor to do the right thing. If not, they're going to roll over to the left
1: every single time. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that seems to be the trend um, from what I've seen too. And, you know, I think that's, that's probably one of the biggest uh, or most important things is, again, accountability and allowing you know, these individuals that go in, maybe with good intentions initially to over time, either through lobbying or whatever it may be, monetary gain, or they just become tired. They, they start to really just, just go off the track that they initially were, were on. And it's unfortunate because a lot of individuals, specifically people like myself and, and, you know, individuals that aren't extremely involved politically we're kind of, you know, not blindsided, but we're on the bleachers, like you were saying. And it's like, what do you do? You know, where do you, where do you go? And and how do you keep the pressure up? And, um, you know, and I think within, you know, Virginia Constitutional Conservatives and then the groups like Virginia United and other big groups like that, individuals that are getting more politically um, active are definitely making a difference. Um, I've, I've had a debate actually where, an individual that's um, within the, uh, the the Young Republicans, I, I think actually the Central Virginia Young Republicans, was, we were kind of debating at one point, because um, I was actually kind of just disgusted or disgruntled with everything going on, as to how much impact door-to-door, like actual door-knocking, um, made as far as a difference. And I think, um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's something you're you're kind of an advocate for as well. Is that correct?
0: Oh, absolutely. And 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 to be absolutely honest, I'm I'm more of an advocate of it during the legislative season than the, than the election season. Um, mm-hmm. because, you know, keeping the pressure up and how politicians vote once in office is often more important than who's in office. Okay. Right. It's not it's not a matter of who has the power, it's what do they do with it. Okay. Yeah. And and yes, I believe door to door. I believe direct mail. I believe uh, phone calls. I believe engaging uh, politicians every way possible and showing them if you don't do what, you know, we want you to, if you don't do the right thing, there'll be scores uh, of of very angry voters after you. And and come election time, we're just not going to do. What unfortunately has happened to the Christian right, and just all go to the booth and pull the R lever. Um, back before Reagan, you had about a third of Southern Baptist uh, voting Democrat, a third voting Republican, and third being up votes. People actually paid attention to what the Christians wanted. Since uh, Jerry Falwell and and the new uh, Christian right is uh, has risen, you have eighty-five percent of of. Uh, claim Christians, um, voting Republican. That means the Republican Party doesn't care about you anymore because 85% of you are already going to vote for them. They care what the homosexual lobby wants. They care about other lobbies they, because are, their votes are in play. You have to make mm-hmm. vote in play. You have to make them earn your vote, not just because they're wearing your team's jersey.
1: I hope that yeah. makes some sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely does. And and I've seen that firsthand, um, you know, actually had a uh, uh, Philip uh, Andrew Hamilton on last week and we, we touched on that a little bit. Um, but as far as, you know, from, from, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's who's voting and um, you know, how are you going to actively engage uh, fence sitters or individuals that typically wouldn't, um, you know, vote for you. And, and I think that the, the homosexual community um, are definitely a big play. Uh, I know they've got a huge playbook on them um, on mm-hmm. how to get more votes in. And it's unfortunate that, that that's the, the case because um, at least in my opinion, subjectively, maybe, but, but uh, I, I feel like there's a, a loss of equality there. Um, and there's, there's almost a, a, a form of, some some form of actually being you know either factioned or, or even segregated to some extent or you know just basically being tossed aside, um, and that's unfortunate because I feel like...
0: Well, they, they just learned to play the system.
1: I mean, they learned yeah.
0: to play the system as built, and we need to do the same thing. Again, the yeah. system is what the system is. Uh, one of the things, we we taught about 25 classes last year in Virginia of our political leadership school, and the first module was the real nature of politics and how it really works, not how the politicians tell you, not how the talking heads or the media tells you, but how politics actually works in America. Right. Um, And it goes through and it shows that most contested elections are 3% elections. um, And uh, most, most of the time you have about 6% in play. um, And you have to be able to identify that 6%. And if you're a grassroots group control 6%, Right. If you control 6%, you control the environment of the politician. If you control the environment of the politician, you can control their behavior. Um, and the left has been great at this. They've learned this. Our people tend to be very civilized. They tend to be a Christian like myself where we don't want to you know, upset anybody. We want to be civil and nice. But where has that gotten us? In 60 years, the Constitution, some can say for over 100 years, the Constitution has been gutted and destroyed. And I have a 20-year-old daughter who has less freedom and liberty than I had at 20 years of age. Regardless of who's in office, our liberty keeps shrinking. We need to get active. We need to get involved. And we need to hold people accountable. Um, You know, I I even had a talk with my pastor about this. And and he agrees with me. Uh, When Christ was on trial in front of Pilate, he never backed down. He never backed down. He didn't say things uh, just to uh, get along, you know, just to be civil. He spoke the truth. We should be the same way, regardless who it makes mad, regardless who it upsets. You always speak the truth and and you just keep pressuring. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, I think that's the best way to do it. Um, So in, in, I've been trying to keep these, uh, these, um, podcasts so have right, right around 45 minutes but in closing okay. we're right on that line but in closing is there anything that you want to potentially um just either talk about or promote um or or give in, just information for the listeners to uh to have before we close out
0: um, of course, you always find out more information about us by going to virginiaconservatives.net. Uh, uh, we are on Facebook. There's a Facebook group called the Virginia Constitutional Conservatives. That's on us. We have the page, Virginia Constitutional Conservatives. Um, we have an email list. You can sign up for updates. We have over 400,000 Virginians on that list now. Um, and, and, and we're encouraging people to realize that, you know, individual liberty means the responsibility to preserve that liberty. We, we don't just go out and hire politicians to protect us, and then we go away. We each have an individual responsibility for our own liberty, for the liberty of our children and possibly grandchildren. But most importantly, we, we have the responsibility to fight for this freedom uh, to God who gave us these freedoms in the first place. We need to yeah. get engaged, and we need to get active. If we don't, um, we have nobody to blame but ourselves
1: yep exactly exactly all right so everybody that's listening hear that we need to be engaged and stay politically active if not it's on us we're accountable for ourselves chris i thank you as always it was wonderful talking to you and uh, i'd love to have you on again in the near future and uh, maybe we can talk about some other things other than than uh bullying tactics <laughs> which are supposedly <laughs> supposedly a so uh but thank you for your time and uh i will talk to you soon man
0: thank you so much you have a wonderful day god bless right, right, you